From the studio high above the clouds of the Okanagan Valley, this is the Cannabis Podcast. Exploring the world of Canadian cannabis culture, one toke at a time. Now, here's your host and bud tender, Gary Johnston. Welcome to a show about a Canadian's cannabis culture, one toke at a time. Uh, here, let me take care of that toke issue. Okay, now I'm ready. Welcome. If this is your first time, I don't often start that way, but what the heck, I thought once in a while it's worth a change. Welcome back. If you're coming back, we're going to spend the next 30 minutes or so talking about a whole bunch of cannabis-related things. In fact, this week, we are going to touch on a new era of the legal market. We had edibles come our way last Christmas, or last fall, I guess, really started showing up in January of this year. And now the next phase of Cannabis 2.0 has kind of hit the market. And that's one of the things we're going to talk about today. I'm going to give you a summary of the new concentrates that hit the market recently here in Canada. Also, I have a chat with a well-known guest on this podcast, my son Ian. He, in fact, is doing a guest bid on Cultivar Corner, where he tells us why he's liking his PAC's era vape system. And then I'm going to follow up on a couple of things that we talked about before, like my short quarter of Subway Scientist and how that ended up, and a few other things. All of that and more on episode 54 of the Cannabis Podcast. Well, it was another big moment in the legal cannabis world here in Canada these last few weeks because a whole raft of new concentrates have hit the market. Now, we've had hash for a while. Uh, That's been available uh, almost since the edibles were around. So everybody's getting kind of getting used to that. But boy, did we get a whack of new stuff this last week. And that's happening all over in all the various stores. And in fact, I'm going to use the BC Cannabis Store site as kind of a reference to the discussion we're going to have about concentrates. Let's call this your Concentrates 101. If you're brand new to concentrates, you have no idea what they're all about. This will be of some interest to you. If you are a connoisseur of concentrates, this may be a little below your knowledge levels. Uh, but who knows? We'll, we'll give an assessment of it anyways. It's fascinating. And in fact, as part of that, I'm not going to actually do a full-blown cultivar corner on it this week, but I thought it was appropriate to get prepared for this segment on concentrates with some concentrates. So I, in fact, have sampled a little bit of Good Buds Hash Rosin. Good Buds is a BC company. They are on Salt Spring Island. That's where they do all their growing. That's where they do all their processing. Started out as a family business, really doing some incredible things with their weed and with their concentrates, and I was pretty impressed. And I'll talk about that. Mm, Just one quick smell for you. Oh, oh yeah, that is so sweet. And that's the first thing you'll understand when we talk about concentrates, especially when we deal with the live resins and the live rosins and and all of those live elements. We're going to smell that whole plant, and that's a really, really interesting experience. So let's get started with Concentrates 101. We all know about hash. Uh, There are many different types of hash. And you may not know all the specific types of hash, and most of them are available now. For example, we have some keef hash. Keef is, of course, the dry sift, which is a solventless extraction. And the dry sift, you'll find keef anytime you use a grinder on your weed, and that sifts down through the screen at the bottom. What you got on the bottom is keef. And that's the really dry, all of these sifted trichomes that have fallen down to the bottom. Of course, dry and very powdery, very fluffy and light as well. Potency range in Keef is about 30% and higher. 
best suited if you want to use that and often do that. And that's one of the reasons why you have that grinder that captures all of that wonderful keef at the bottom. Add that to one of your joints. You can also pop it into a pipe or, or a pipe or a bong. Uh, you can do a pipe if you want. <laughs> Maybe I just invented a new device. Uh, they do not suggest vaping it. Um, that's some of the information that I have been given. I'm not, I'm not so sure that applies to all vapor. I have used it in my dry herb vaporizer and didn't have any issues with it clogging or anything like that. Leave that to your discretion. Bubble hash. We've talked about bubble hash before. I created some bubble hash last year, as we've talked about already before on the cannabis podcast. I really enjoyed not only the experience of, of making it, but the experience of smoking it. And as a bit of a sidebar, I tried it again this last, when my son and his wife, when Ian, who you will hear a little bit later on, when he and his wife, Christine, were visiting us in the summer, I had my, well, my leaf, uh, all of my shake from my harvest of our autoflowers. So I thought, well, I'll show them how to make bubble hash. Very disappointing because I went through the entire process, got absolutely nothing out of it. But that's a different story. So bubble hash is another thing that is now, of course, on the market. Ice water extraction is what's used, uh, only cold water and ice with screens, various filters at smaller and smaller uh, microns, which removes the trichomes from the plant. And it, again, is a solventless extraction. Consistency can vary from light and fluffy, almost keef-like, to gummy, sticky, like old school hash. And that really depends on how long you let it dry and, and how long you process it after. And uh, that is what the dependent is. 35% is plus is going to be your THC potency range. And of course, you know, you can add it into a joint pipe or a bong. And again, some sources are suggesting not for vaping. Although I, again, have used bubble hash in my vaporizer. Pressed hash is a popular item in our store. Uh, we have a number of pressed hashes. And in the page that I'm referencing on the BC Cannabis Store site, you'll see they have from some pressed hash from 48 North, which I think is one of the ones that we carry. Potency on that one is sitting at 40 to 55% THC. Pressed hash is dry sifted hash that has been slowly heated and pressed multiple times to get it in that pressed state. It again is a solventless extraction. Uh, old school hash is the consistency of this. Some dark gummy texture, and I would agree with that. Not as stiff as uh, some of the blonde Lebanese you might have smoked before or some of the black Afghanistan that used to be around years and years ago. But pliable enough that you can pull off a chunk sprinkle it into your joint, roll it, some into your pipe or your bong. Uh, and again, the potency is uh, 35 plus. Live hash. Well, same as pressed hash, but instead of the cured buds, this process uses fresh frozen live plants. Again, a solventless extraction. And anytime you hear the word live mentioned in any of the concentrates, it's referring to the fact that it is using some form of frozen plant, a frozen at harvest. So the live hash has about the same consistency as pressed hash, it tends to be dark and gummy. 35% plus is going to be your potency range. And of course, it can be added to your pipe, bong, or bowl. And then we move to hash rosin. And that is what I picked up today, which was from Good Buds. And this is some hash rosin. And it in very interesting consistency. And I saw some of this when I was creating the bubble hash. So bubble hash is placed in a screen bag, and then it is processed with heat and pressure to extract the rosin. And that is the rosin process. It's a mix of heat and pressure and creates a very, very interesting consistency. And the consistency can vary from thick and buttery to loose and saucy. And the one that I got is kind of right in between. It's kind of thick and a little buttery and definitely looks liquidy. Um, 
generally thinking that it, uh, you know, should be stable like peanut butter. And I would say that's probably true. Moving on from the live rosin, we do the flower rosin. So same thing. Guess what? Instead of doing that with a live plant, we do that with the dried flower that has been cured. And that is pressed into screen bags and processed once more with heat and pressure because it is rosin. Heat and pressure is how we extract rosin. And it is, again, a solventless extraction. The flower rosin is going to be thick, uh, much like peanut butter, probably thicker than the hash rosin that I have here. It can appear very wet with a higher terp profile, and we'll be talking about terp sauce and, and diamonds in just a bit. So 65% plus is the flower rosin THC, and it's just as the same as live rosin. Best suited for vaping with a concentrate pen, and I didn't mention that about the live rosin. Not going to work really well in a, in a joint because it's going to get liquidy really fast, but best suited for vaping with a concentrate pen or a dab rig or an e-rig. Uh, can be smoked. And speaking of a concentrate pen, I picked up one of those too. Uh, that's what I was using for my hash rosin to get ready for this particular segment. Uh, it is a terp pen from Boundless, the Boundless Terp Pen. I did have a dab rig a while ago, and the day that I bought my <laughs> the day that I bought the torch to use with my dab rig is the day that I knocked the dab rig onto my concrete floor and smashed all the glass, and all I have now is the torch. <laughs> so I didn't want to go through that expense just to give concentrates a try. Picked up the turp pen pretty cheap where I worked. So, and I was quite pleased with it. That we will cover off in a future Cultivar Corner. Shatter. Well, everyone knows Shatter. And Shatter, of course, is a huge element, especially on the gray market here in the Okanagan. Uh, we have a, a series of stores that is out on some reserved land. It's often referred to as the Green Mile. Number of them are telling uh, shatters uh, probably a lot cheaper than we are in the legal market, but there's a lot of it, and I think everybody understands shatter. So shatter is done through a hydrocarbon extraction, usually BHO, which is referring to butane hash oil. This process uses solvents to extract the cannabinoids and terpenes, so therefore it is not solventless. Now shatter should be stable and just like a small piece of glass. When you take a look at the pictures that are on the site that I referenced here from the BC Cannabis Store, you can see some of the shatter there and see that it literally does look like small pieces of glass. Now you're starting to get a little higher in your THC potencies, up to 70% and higher in most shatters. But once again, best suited for vaping, either with a concentrate pen or a dab rig or an e-rig. Uh, it can be smoked. Uh, some have had some success with dropping little bits of it into their joints or into their pipe or as a Sunday topping in their bowl. And now we come to caviar and diamonds. And this is one of the ones, uh, the concentrates that's been talked about for a long while, but it's been a long time before we've seen it, at least on the legal market here in Canada. Caviar and diamonds. Sounds somewhat esoteric, doesn't it? Caviar and diamonds is also hydrocarbon extraction, usually BHO, but can also be done with CO2 or ethanol. So there is solvents, which extract the cannabinoids and the terpenes. And of course, with those methods, they can literally dial in the cannabinoids and the terpenes that they're trying to extract. That's what makes the whole process so fascinating. Now, the caviar and diamonds, uh, the caviar comes with THC diamonds in terp sauce. The THC diamonds are clear. And the terp sauce, well, that can range from gold to light brown. And uh, there is a picture of that in the second reference to the BC Cannabis Store that I uh, pulled up back on at CannabisPodcast.com. 
you can see the uh, live resin caviar that is there. And that's what I'm just talking about, where you can see the THC diamonds in the turp sauce. And then there is also just the diamonds themselves. And the diamonds are clear. They are THCA diamonds. So because they are THCAs, as you decarboxylate them with your vape pen, your concentrate pen, or your dab rig, you are turning that THCA into the wonderful Delta 9 THCA. And that's giving you your big high. Caviar and diamonds. I can't wait to give those a try. That's probably going to be the next concentrate that I give a try to. And then we have butter, batter, wax, and crumble. All sorts of different end results. All start with hydrocarbon extraction, usually BHO or CO2 or ethanol. Now, again, the process uses solvents to extract the cannabinoids and terps. And the difference between all of those different products is really the end, the end processing. What has happened to it? Whip it up a little bit to get some batter and some butter. Uh, let it sit a little bit more and dry out a little bit for some crumble. So generally it is waxy and crumbly. It's not a wet extract. It tends to be drier and perhaps a little more solid than saucy. The THC ratios can range from 65% and higher. And once again, best suited for vaping with a concentrate pen or a dab rig or e-rig. And it also can be smoked. You can pepper that into your joint or on top of your pipe, your pipe or your bong. Why do I keep saying pipe? I've invented a new smoking device, I guess. Look for pictures of it and a patent coming soon. And then finally, we have live resin and turp sauce. Once again, hydrocarbon extraction could be BHO or CO2 or ethanol. Uh, solvent, of course, to get those cannabinoids and terpenes. The difference here in and what you're looking for in the live resin, and again, what was that word, live? So in that process, there's going to be some frozen material that's going to be used. That's where the live comes from. And it is the high terpene extract that's very loose and wet like a sauce. That's what gives it the name terp sauce. And in that, smaller THC diamonds can be visible, but not always. And the THC potency, 65% or higher. Once again, best suited for vaping with a concentrate pen. So there you go. There is a, uh, I guess, not such a quick summary of all of the concentrates that have entered into the market. And if that is all new to you, well, I hope you enjoyed the information. And if that's all a refresher for you, I hope that's going to inspire you to, to head to your store and, and find one of those delicious and tasty concentrates. And we will likely be covering, maybe we'll do that for the caviar or diamonds uh, for a future Cultivar Corner. So that's your look at Concentrates 101. THC, CBD, terpene profiles, what's in me? Oh, please explain to me. Cultivar Corner, Cultivar Corner, oh yeah. Cultivar Corner, please explain this stuff to me. And I am very pleased to have a guest on Cultivar Corner today. And in fact, it is the songwriter of that jingle, my son Ian. And he is here to tell us why he loves his Pax era. And we pick up the conversation just after I introduce the fact that he wants to chat about it. Yeah, well, I just picked one up and it's, a, yeah, it's treating me well. Overall, I like it quite a bit. And I, I don't know, it's always nice. I always like hearing about these things. I think there's lots yeah. of people. No, I, I think that it's, it's a fantastic idea. So I, I pulled up the Paxera page to get a sense of, and we sell a fair amount of them. My boss, he loves his uh, era. Yeah, it's and very sleek. Yeah, very sleek and very discreet, as uh, many point out who are using the vapes, and especially this one. Yeah, extremely discreet. Extremely discreet. And now the the pitch on their website for PAX, 
Uh, and we'll, we'll cover off a bit of this because in some of it, I'm going to throw up some things that kind of disqualify some of the uh, marketing that they're putting forward because marketing sure. is marketing, right? Sure. They're always trying to make it sound as good as it possibly can. So, and then uh, I'd like to hear your experience to see whether or not what they're saying is true. And um, Right. Yeah. I have, I have thoughts. It's not, my thoughts aren't all positive also, but like, yeah, it's yeah. more just like, no. I'm excited about where it's going. Yeah, absolutely. It is the future. I think is going to be pretty exciting with it. Yeah. So if I look at them, so they, what they've done on their website is they've got this comparison of uh, the era uh, along with the 510 battery. And then right. the third column they're providing is why is this important? And the first point that they make is the use, whether it is draw activated or whether you have to click a button to turn it on. Right. And in case of the era, they're saying that its biggest um, proponent is that it is draw activated. And then they throw out that most 510 batteries are button activated. And that's right. where I throw out the dispute on that. Right. That's no longer the case. Yeah. Two thirds of the batteries we sell are inhale activated just just the same as the as the era is. Sure, absolutely. I feel like it's it's like everyone is catching up. It's like a standard at this point. Yeah, I think that's I think that's exactly the case. And now the next point I think does have some validity to it and that is the warranty. Um, it's oh, okay. actually made me curious. I'm going to when I'm at back at work, I'm going to go and check and see what the warranty is on some of the batteries that we're selling and quite likely they are 30 days or, or, or sometimes not at all. Right. Depending on what yeah. Is, where your warranty is a year. I understand. Right. Yeah. That's something. Yeah. That, that, that's something that's kind of valuable in this day and age. Cause I know, uh, well, first of all, the five ten batteries, how many people have come into the store to get a new one because they've lost it in the wash. They forgot about it when they were swimming or whatever the case is. Sure. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. How has your use of the the era changed uh, when you're smoking and and how you're doing it? Well, yeah, I just I've I've had some of the the um those little mini vape style uh, devices before, like when it was a gray area, gray market time. Like there's this company called Flight with a Y, and they made like a nice little pen, and it was a good experience. Like it was pretty cool, but it was it was very like each one I had was like ranged so much in quality. There was like somewhere where it just tasted kind of like dusty or just like kind of fake grass taste. And, and some you'd have the, the coil would kind of burn out halfway through or they'd get clogged because the stuff is so thick that it kind of stops yeah. working halfway through. So just, just like stuff like that. And I hadn't had one for a while, but it is really nice to have like a very discreet little device. And I've been seeing them around and I researched them a bit and it was, it was more like the tech gadget factor of it that uh won me over not surprising because you've always been a tech gadget guy (laughs) yeah absolutely i enjoy gadgets so so it's it's cool and i'll I'll talk about that too but there's an app that you can get um, i knew i figured you would come around to that at some point so one of the biggest selling points that that uh pax is putting out for the era is as you've kind of already indicated that there is a consistent and flexible temperature Whereas a lot of the five tens and they're true. This is true on their point. And sometimes I warn people when they're charging their five ten batteries not to overcharge it because sometimes that can affect the voltage, right? Which can get you a bit of a burn on the oil. Uh, and are you finding that that is true with your packs that the the flavor and the temperature settings are pretty consistent as as you pull on it? Well, the, the, that's kind of the nice thing through the app um, is that 
each pod, I have two different pods and each pod has, um, once you connect the pod to the battery, each pod has a little spiel that comes up in the app and it includes, it immediately sets it to the ideal temperature that the manufacturer recommends. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, that's pretty cool. It's very cool. And then from there, there's just a dial and you can either dial it up for more vapor or down for more flavor. Um, and also in the app, there's like a, a session control for like a, a novice user. And you can just kind of set a maximum amount that you want to get from it and say like a 20 minute session and it'll stop you from smoking too much by accident, which is cool. That is cool. So yeah, overall, I found that I feel like in the first wave of these cartridges, a lot of people just kind of had a battery lying around and then would end up with a cartridge that wasn't necessarily perfectly matched for each other. Um, and I feel like often it would just burn through the stuff, but I've found, I've had this for like a week now and, um, I've used it quite a lot and I really haven't even made much of a dent in what I can see of it. Um, so it feels like it's very more economical, much more economical. What would be your guesstimate for how many pulls you've, you've had off that so far? I think actually there might be a way for me to find out, but I would say I've, I've taken probably three dozen pulls off of it. Okay. Um, well, that's and, pretty good. Yeah. Like just using it pretty heavily and longer, longer inhales. And it really hasn't um, gone down that much. It's, it's a nice thing. I mean, it's not, it's not as great as I feel like a real portable, va like dry herb vaporizer, but um, it's, it's pretty nice. The, the cartridges that I have, they're, there's some of the ones, like a lot of them that, that use these added natural terpenes, which are perhaps not good for you. They're, they're deciding. Yeah, exactly. They are. But there are also the more expensive um, pods. I was curious why they're more expensive, but it seems like they're more expensive because they're full spectrum and, and they don't have anything else. And apparently they taste like very nice. That is precisely the difference between the, the full spectrum ones and the, as you say, the extract ones with added terpenes. Right. So I don't really mind the taste of the terpenes. Like it's pretty, it tastes quite weedy, I find, but I would really like to try um, the real, the real nice ones, the top of the line ones. Yeah, absolutely. You should give that a try. I'd be curious to see what your, uh, what your experience with that was. So let's talk about some of the ones that you've tried. What ones have you, well, what one are you holding on now? I have two. And, and that's the cool thing. You can switch them and it'll, it'll know, it doesn't work with all pods. It's a newer feature, but, but you, when you switch them, it, the app knows that you switched. And so it'll adjust the temperature um, and you can go back <laughs> very and forth. Cool. Yeah. It is and very so is cool. it, is it literally as easy as just uh, unplugging and plugging one back it, in? Or? It is. So I, I didn't know this, but, but the company in 2017, they split off from Juul. So it's like, it's kind of has like roots in big tobacco. So there's kind of a oh, reason okay. why they're all slick. And, uh -huh. and, and the, what I was wanting to get to is just like the reason why it's interesting is because I, I want to see like the, the Apple, like iPhoneification of this. Like I want to see the first like perfect <laughs> magical device because it, yeah, everything yeah. is kind of clunky still. It's, it's like pre iPhone yeah, days. Yeah. Um, very so true. this is, it's like very sleek and it's, it's very close to that, but it's not there. Um, but I'm getting distracted. Uh, the, so the pods that I have. <laughs> Cannabis does that. It does tend to sometimes get one distracted. Yeah, well, I have a lot of <laughs> thoughts about this device. Yeah, well, that's, that's, that's exactly why we're talking. Yeah, and I, I love to hear your thoughts, son. So uh, carry on with the, you were talking about the pods that you're smoking. Yeah, I, I have two. Um, the most, the one I've tried the most is this is from Namas, Namaste. It's their Ultra Sour. It's a sativa. And well, Ultra Sour is very popular uh, cultivar. We yeah, it's really nice. a lot of Ultra Sour. Yeah. 
it's it's just like a get things done sativa. It's 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 yeah. quite nice. Like I, it definitely doesn't like hit you hard as smoking like a joint or something. You have to maybe take your time. Um, but it's it's very nice and it's super discreet. Um, and then yeah, there's the indica I have is from Seven Acres and it's just their indica blend. It doesn't doesn't have okay. any more info than that. Yeah, um, some of them I, don't give you the uh, cultivar that it's from. Yeah, I saw it recommended online. Um, and it's nice. I haven't had as much experience with it. Overall, it's just, it's very nice and discreet. It's very, it's slick. And the amount, because uh, this is the thing I know in our store, uh, the 510 vapes probably tripled the number and variety we have as opposed to the number of PAX pods right. that we carry. Are you yeah. finding that in the stores that you're going into too? Well, again, yeah. I mean, I've, I've only got these two pods, but, but yeah, um, it's true. It's kind of like a closed off community. Um, so yeah, like you're, it's like a closed, closed experience. Like you, you can't yeah. match. Um, but, but yeah, like I, I like the idea of a company, if it, of a, the, I like the idea of it basically. And if it takes off, then it's great. And if not, then I'm stuck with, with not much <laughs> selection. Well, that's okay. <laughs> Remember that, uh, I have the history of uh, doing the same thing once with Betamax. <laughs> right, sure. Uh, although I have dated myself by making that statement, uh, oh, I thought it was the the best thing at the time, kind of like your version of the Pax era. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not suggesting. I think this is going to go. I think what I've seen and the people that are buying it, like you, the enthusiasm yeah. that people have for it once they get the taste, and and this is they seem to be matching up to the marketing, mm-hmm. the taste, the flavor experience, and the consistency of it. Seems yeah, very to be pretty con- there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that's this big selling point. Mm-hmm. Certainly. Certainly. It helps like for it to just catch on and for that kind of trend to happen. Um, and if it's not this, it'll be something else. Yeah. To, one of them is, is going to build the momentum. Absolutely. So what have, have there been any uh, downsides to, to your experience with the, with the PAX era? Um, well, I mean the, the added terpenes things thing worries me a little bit. Um, until they figure and do out they do they that. list the specific terpenes that are in it, or is they it just do. A typical... the, the one no the one the bad one I can't recall the name Phytol. is not in there right it wasn't in there but then the study okay. also says like oh maybe we'll find out that some others are bad too well that is true I mean it, it is a molecule and and there's lots of research still to be done mm-hmm. on them but boy the vapes are sure becoming popular that's that's a huge part of our business. Yeah, it's pretty slick. I think I would still like to get um, one of these little portable dry herb vaporizers um, because this isn't, you don't need to use this little thing any, everywhere, but it's really slick and yeah, so tiny. Sound like a seagull just flew through your room there. Yeah, it's <laughs> the window's open. It's, it's, That's a very good sound effect that, that you provided yeah, there. <laughs> Many birds outside. Yeah, I bet. Well, that's what Vancouver is like. So beautiful day there today. Yeah, it's very nice. It's a, it's a, it's absolutely still summer. A good day to go outside and and hit your Pax era. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. There is there is one major thing though that I think is going to prevent uh, its rise. Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe it won't help. Maybe it won't stop them. But I talked about this app and stuff. Um, if you have an iPhone, you can't use the app. It's banned. It's gone. It's over. Apple has banned all. Uh, vape because apps. it's cannabis related. Well, I think it would be cannabis related, banned anyways. But it was banned just in the in like a 
a blanket ban of anything vape related. Oh, okay. Okay. Kind of like the BC vapor tax. Yeah. So it's exactly that. It's kind of getting associated with e-cigarettes, even though they just don't really get the difference. Um, yeah, they sure don't. Yeah. And it's a shame. And so, so the app is, you can't get it. And it's really cool to be able to just like take out your phone and, and like adjust this. And, and there is like a way to do it. Like, and I managed to do it. You can use a developer iPhone account or you can like, ah. kind of hack it or have a jailbroken iPhone, but it's really not worth it. And they added a, like a web app that you can do the same thing with in a, a browser, but you can't do it on your, on your phone. So it's not quite as useful. Well, it sounds like there's a, a lot of good features about it. Obviously, yeah. with, with any new device, there's going to be further improvements, a.k.a. the Betamax that I mentioned earlier. Yeah, <laughs> if it catches on and there's lots of options for the pods and the pods are up to a high standard because it's like a big company with money. It seems like they're doing things legitimately. If all the pods are nice and there's continues to be selection i'm into it it's just like a, it's a sort of device that gives you a sense of wonder when you hold it, it just feels like a, a nice device well that's what makes it cool yeah. yeah exactly yeah no that that is exactly what makes it cool and the people that have uh, purchased them have been really pleased so far and i think to the point we've already kind of talked about we're going to see more of the lps jump on board and come out with their pax pod and and <laughs> the seagull's pretty excited about about the new entry into the back spots. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Living in the interior, I don't see, I don't hear seagulls very often, so I'm somewhat amused. I guess in my stone state, I'm somewhat amused at the seagulls flying by. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's a lot of gulls out there. Well, that's cool, Ian. I, I really appreciate you sharing some of your experience with, with the PAX era. Yeah. Um, you've, I think you've given a lot of people some ideas to think about and probably some inspiration to, to give it a try. Any last thoughts? Well, I guess I would I would say, like, yeah, it's very cool, but also I, I do um, see how it's like, yeah, the pods are just disposable. You throw them out. I am, like, open-minded to, like, the next level, too, of something where you, you don't have to just throw the whole thing out. You can yeah. just put in your own oil and kind of maintain it yourself. I would be into that. Again, something sleek and, and low-profile would be cool, but it seems like it's not quite there. That's, I think, another area where we are going to see uh, both on the the 510N and the PAX kind of world where they are going to have to deal with this reuse at some point. There's so much trash being generated in the cannabis industry right now. Yeah. And and, and the vapes and all of their, their heater and coil elements are just, you know, piling up. But well. you're not the first person that I have heard say if they had the ability to take a pod and reuse it and refill it, with some of their own concentrate that would make it even more valuable yeah i mean there is already people um, online who talk about this like it, this happened the same thing happened like in the e-cigarette world and people like make their own i have a friend who like makes his own coils and and they they thread them themselves with silica or uh cotton and stuff and there is this wow. total diy community yeah it, it's definitely a possibility and it, it would just be cool if, if you could do it yourself and you could just buy like a, a bottle of that broken coast oil or something and, and fill it yourself if you need. The legal world is about to change again drastically. Like we're about to get a whole bunch of new concentrates. So, you know, like like true hash oil, butters oh, okay. and, and cool. batters and a whole bunch of those yeah. things. Because right now, of course, the tinctures, you can't use those for smoking. They, smoking should not come anywhere near those. Right, so right. So we need a, a thick viscous 
cannabis oil right. to fill those those up yeah, with. Yeah, and, and then of course, cool. no, not too viscous because it needs to be thin enough so that you can actually burn it. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so it's an an ever changing world, and and mm. and thanks for for giving me the the lowdown on your experience with the Paxera. Sounds yeah. like you like you enjoy it. Yeah, that's the lowdown. Yeah, it's treating me pretty well. Cool, Ian. Thanks for connecting today. I hope you enjoy the rest of the day. And as always, it's a pleasure to have you on the Cannabis Podcast. Thanks for having me. Anytime. Someone at work asked me the other day, so whatever happened with that quarter you bought a Subway Scientist? And I went, oh, <laughs> you mean the one that I sent an info, uh, uh, an email message to uh, info at a freeinc.com link that I, I really don't care what the email address is. I got so fed up with it. I sent an email to their help address, uh, I think once a day for about two weeks. I sent a number of voice messages to them about it. I uh, put up a number of things on Twitter about it in reference to the fact that that seven grams of Subway Scientist, although I really like the Subway Scientist, that seven grams was only four, four and a half in my freaking container. And no one ever, ever acknowledged it. I didn't hear back from a single person body except for the automated email reply when I initially submitted each of my submissions. I was not impressed. <laughs> not impressed at all. So I have not bought uh, anything from Afria since. Uh, we do sell it in the store. When people ask for it, I will sell it. But I'm, if they ask my opinion of it, I will also give that too, because I was not impressed. I I thought their customer service, well, actually, le let me rephrase that. They do not have customer service, because in customer service, you at least respond and acknowledge the customer's pain. Not a single freaking person acknowledged one thing about it. I was not very impressed at all. So I had to get that off my chest. <laughs> Always feels good to finally burst that burden. And then the other thing I guess that's uh, happened recently is I've had a brother of mine move into the same area. Uh, my brother, Don, I think I've talked about him a couple of times. He uh, referenced a story back in Winnipeg where we smoked a joint going into the Eaton's Parkade, and he was the one who forced me to do that. <laughs> he has moved now to the Okanagan here, um, and uh, he and his wife have settled in. And they invited us over for dinner one night. And imagine my surprise when my brother, who was one of the ones who first actually kind of got me interested in cannabis and who has gone through his life and who had originally had a nickname of Tripper, <laughs> is now living in a condo where he invites me over for dinner. And he says, oh, I should tell you something, uh, Gary. There's, uh, they have the, the Stratic Council has a rule no cannabis can be smoked outside in the complex. <laughs> and I went, and you bought there? And you invited me to come over there? <laughs> so here's, here's, it's not really ironic. It's, it's just very interesting because, so we went over, we had dinner there and, you know, nice patio overlooking one of the golf courses here in the Okanagan. Pretty view. It's the Okanagan. I mean, it's gorgeous. It's a gorgeous place to live. And that's why we've been here for over 40 years. No, I guess over 20, 30 years. Anyways, so there we are out on his patio. Perfect opportunity for even using a vaporizer, which, as we have spoken about before, has very, very little odor. 
very, very little is that going to bother anybody and it'll go be gone in like two seconds. But no, I have to wait until we go back into his house, into the condominium <laughs> where I can now pull out my vaporizer and to start to imbibe in some cannabis. That was just weird. I've never been in a situation where, where being outside in a private setting was limited to being able to smoke cannabis. Now, I assume that you can't smoke cigarettes out there either. I've never actually asked about that. But that's that's one of the weird situations we have here in 2020. What a freaking year this has been. Anyways, that just about wraps it up for what we got covered here on episode 54. As always, if there is anybody that you think I should talk to, send me a note. Or if you have any comments about the program, I'd love to hear from you. Info at CannabisPodcast.com is the email address. And of course, if you want to reference any of the links that have been talked about today, you'll find them under the episode at CannabisPodcast.com. That wraps it up for episode 54 of the Cannabis Podcast. From the Cannabis Infused Studio, high above the Okanagan Valley, this was the Cannabis Podcast. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at dopehistory.com.